a little reminder about the Gospel of Luke, what Luke set out to do in his account of the public ministry, life and public ministry of Jesus Christ, is to show how salvation has been extended to all nations, because Luke was writing to the pagans, if you want to put it in a plain language we, everyone will understand. They call it at that time the Gentiles, but Matthew was writing to the Jews, Jews who already know about Christ and his coming and everything. So Maru, um, uh, Luke, in his mind, has that intention that salvation is extended to everyone. You saw yesterday, we pick up today where we stopped yesterday, where he said tax collectors and prostitute sinners are going into the kingdom before you. So the story of the two sons is a kind of the Jews who already said yes to the salvation, but they were not or they are not living it out. Now these other ones, the pagans, who are outside of the bracket of salvation, now they have accepted the good news and now they are putting it into their lives. That is why these tax collectors, these pagans, who are outside of the fold and now, you know, entering into the kingdom of God because they have accepted the good news. And picking up from that place where we stopped yesterday, Luke continues, these are the signs that we follow the Son of Man, the blind they see, the deaf they hear, and the lame walk, lepers are cleansed. So these are the signs that already in chapter 4, he already told us uh, about the whole summary of the mission of Christ. In chapter 4, he says, when Christ went into the synagogue and they gave him the scroll, he opened it, read from the prophecy of Isaiah, the spirit of the Lord has been given me to do all of these things, proclaim the good news to the poor, give sight to the blind, and all of that. But one thing I would like us to reflect today is not about that mission of Jesus Christ. Of course, we know when he came and started his public ministry, these things, we saw them and he did them. But one thing I would like us to reflect today is the person of John the Baptist. Already we know from the infancy narrative that John was already the one, the last of the prophets who prepared for the coming of the Messiah. And now he is in agony, even in prison, the one very close to Christ. And now he's going through trials, tribulations. So you begin to think about being close to him does not, you know, make me, um, uh, make me special or prevent me from going through trials and even to the point of dying. That was the case of John the Baptist, who at this time was already in prison. You and I, in our own individual lives, we maybe now or have already or will in the future experience uh, trials, hardship, and imagine maybe uh, death or something or a sickness. And we are very close to Christ and we have prayed and prayed like thousands of times and begin to ask ourselves, uh, is Christ the one that is to come like John the Baptist? Is he the one that I'm expecting to do all of these miracles and signs? Or will I continue to wallow in this sickness or trials or challenges? Or even have you 
like prayed for, okay, let me share this one. Most times when I go to St. Timothy Hospital, I, when I do the anointing of the sick, you know, I try to recall many of the passages where Christ uh, raised the dead. And you see uh, people who are actively dying, and I will pray in a way that, you know, let a sign or a miracle, if you want, happen so that these persons can get up from these beds and go home to their loved ones. But you see, at the end of the day, it does not happen as I or you may want it to be. But does it mean that Christ is not the one, the expected one who has come to bring healing and all of these things to us? So how do we, you know, what does it make any sense to anyone at all? So today we can just set out to think about it. Remember, in the letter to the Hebrews, the author tells us, the last chapter of Hebrew. Hebrew is only 13 chapters. So Hebrew chapter 13, verse 8, Jesus Christ is discerned yesterday, uh, today, and forever. So he does not change. He is going back again to the Old Testament. I am who I am. So he does not change. Discern yesterday, today, and forever. So with that consolation or with that promise or knowledge, if you want, I know that he is always there, even in the midst of my suffering or even mess or even in prison. He may not just grant me the physical healing or release that I may want, but he is always there in the midst of that. And that is why Paul, in his letter to Philippians, Chapter 4, again, the last chapter of Philippians, chapter 4, from verse 6. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer or petition and thanksgiving, make your request known to God. And then going down, it says, And the peace of Christ, which surpasses all understanding, that is, I may not understand it all, just like our blessed mother, she did not understand what was going on. And the peace of Christ which surpasses all understanding we keep your heart and mind in Jesus Christ. So these are um, some of the ways we can relate or try to make sense of is he the one who is to come or are we to expect another? And because in our time many people do not understand or do not reconcile the human predicament or condition with our faith. Many do not believe in what we do. They will tell you if there is all of this you're saying, why is this, why is that, why is the other one? It is because we have not really sat down to reconcile what is it that I'm called to be as a Christian. And being called to be a Christian is not a stress-free life. It is an invitation to take up my cross and follow him and cross our crosses come in various shapes and forms. So we can contextualize and put all of the life experiences or uh, existential realities of life to fit into the salvation plan of Christ himself, who may be purifying us through all of our trials and sorrows, just like John the Baptist he was not, in human sense, delivered from prison. He even died and they cut off his head. But, you know, 
what we are looking for, what is prepared for us is not just the physical, it is beyond. And with that assurance that Christ is always there with us, the psalm this morning says, let the crowd rain down the just one and the earth bring forth a savior. So the savior is always coming to us, even in our midst, so that we do not give up, but rather be comforted by the promises and also the prophecy of Isaiah 43. If you have time, you can read it at home. Isaiah 43 from verse one. And I am always with you, even, uh, and uh, uh, the water will not engulf you, the fire will not uh, burn you, because I'm always there with you. A similar passage to help you, you can read it at home, uh, Prophet Habakkuk, or Habakkuk, some people call it that way, chapter three, that is also the last uh, chapter of Habakkuk, chapter three from verse 17. The prophet says, even though the fig tree does not blossom, and even though the crop does not produce anything, in spite of all of this, I will still glory in the Lord, because the Lord is my strength. He is my salvation. With all of this, we put our confidence and renew our trust in God, who is always with us, the Emmanuel, who is always with us, and who has promised to always be with us. Remember, he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. May God bless his words always in our hearts through Christ our Lord. Amen.